Hi, thank you for joining me today as we read from the popular subreddit r slash petty revenge. I hope you enjoy. I met my old workplace bully whilst he was on a date. Story by Denise DeNephew. So back in June, I left a very toxic workplace of eight years. I mainly left due to having a breakdown from being overworked. But this one particular person made working there even worse on top of the excessive work. This guy was one year younger than me. He was a 30-year-old man, the type of guy that appears to have peaked in secondary school, very jock-like mentality and childish too. He was part of my team of four. I was civil with him just because I had to work with him but he was my workplace bully. Apart from just the general workplace banter, this guy, let's call him Chris, was relentless with his teasing. What would usually be classed as playful always pushed to bullying from him because he never knew when to quit. And if he noticed you were getting stressed or annoyed. He'd use you as a target of his teasing for the rest of the day. He would be super nice to you when it's just the two of you, but as soon as he has an audience, he picks his victim and will tease them constantly in what he would call playful. And if you ever got annoyed and stood up for yourself, he'd say he's only messing and make out like he's the victim. He's that type of person. One specific thing that he absolutely lost any respect I had for him was when I was still working there, some ex-employee wrote a very aggressive and angry review on Glassdoor about the company. Just because this person used a phrase that I use, Chris thought the review was me. As much as I proved that it wasn't me, didn't even have a Glassdoor account at the time. He was relentless with campaigning around the office and I was the one that wrote it. I also believe he told the boss that I was the one that wrote it once I left and that's why I didn't get any freelance work from them afterward. So after I left my workplace, my old team still has a group WhatsApp that I'm a part of and we still talk almost every other day on it. After I left the group chat went a bit quiet, I assumed they made a new one of just them which is fair. But the chat still kept going occasionally. I unfollowed and unfriended Chris on Facebook and Instagram because I just didn't want to be associated with him anymore. In the middle of the group chat. He broadcasts why did you unfollow and unfriend me on Facebook? Whilst also hitting me. He wrote this message at 6.30am. I woke up to this message broadcasted in the group chat. It pissed me off. So I was honest and said that he's a bully and instead of making a big thing of it, I'd rather just remove him from the equation. I also said that it was immature of him to do this over the group chat and not in private. He didn't say anything, he just left the group chat and blocked me on everything. The group chats pretty much died after that. I was at the time, livid. This 30-year-old man set fire to the group chat, saw what I said, and then ran off. I thought it must be a blessing in disguise because I finally got to say what I wanted to him and I now don't have to acknowledge him again. But I was wrong. Skip to three months later, and my husband walking through town and stopping off at a pub to get some grub. And lo and behold. I see Chris there with a new girl I hadn't seen before. I was feeling extra confident and decided to approach. I went and said hey Chris, long time no see. With a big grin on my face, Chris looked like a deer in headlights, with the perfect kind of red cheeks. I asked him how are things, you doing well? And he replied in a very normal way, clearly not wanting the conversation to continue and looking awkward as fuck in front of his new girl. She asked how we knew each other. I generously waited for Chris to say we used to work together. So I added on to that yeah, it's quite funny really, Chris used to be my workplace bully, He's the reason why I struggled financially after I left my old job because he accused me of writing a hostile review to the company which I proved I didn't do and lost me a lot of freelance work because of it. He was gobsmacked. Face redder than a traffic light. The new girl clearly looked confused and uncomfortable. Neither of them responded. I didn't want it to carry on much longer as it wasn't really fair on her. 
But just to add salt to the wound I said so is this your new girlfriend Catherine? Or is this Georgia? What happened with Sarah since someone said you were still with her last week? All of those are completely true, he gets around. This girl goes from confused, to angry in the blink of an eye and just stares at Chris. I just say oh whoops, I really put my foot in my mouth haven't I, I better go, it was nice seeing you again Chris. And walk off. My husband whilst he felt bad for the girl, which I did too, but tbh, I might have saved her from inevitably being dumped by him a few weeks later when he gets bored of her, was very proud that I finally got my closure revenge on him. It feels amazing. Like I feel petty as fuck, but it felt good for there to finally be some consequences to this Chris guy being a dick. Want me to entertain your kid after I said no? Got it. Story by witty underscore comfortable 404. Background, I'm a mom, I have a 7 year boy and I just went back to school last month. Right now I need to study a lot and I deal with a lot of guilt about not having as much time with my son. So, to kill two birds with one stone, I took my son to Science World this past weekend and brought my books to study while my son was exploring independently. After we spent two hours on exhibits together, my son was settled in on a sensory activity where he ended up playing for about an hour. This was exactly what I was hoping for, so I took a seat with an eyeshot and pulled out my laptop and textbook, and I started cramping. I was doing well in getting through content when this strange little spawn started scaling my leg and decided my laptop was perfect to play with. Big hell no from me. One a brand new laptop that cost half my monthly rent. Two strange germ factory on my lap during the tail end of a pandemic. Three not my kid, not my damn job. Unfortunately, his mom was the kind that has no clue about social expectations and acted like her convenience trumps all. So when I asked her to remove the kid who was close enough to climb up into my uterus, she said oh, it's okay. Yep, it's okay. See, I'm going to school for healthcare and the content I was studying was just the thing boys giggle about. So this three or four year old boy got a lesson on the lower digestive tract. He learned about the Bristol stool chart and a whole lot of terminology, which I made sure he knew before our goodbyes. About 15 minutes passed and I told him to go tell mommy what he learned. Now, anyone who knows kids knows that at this age they have no volume control and are complete without shame. And they love fart talk. So what did this sweet boy effing scream at his mom in this full to capacity, quiet, zone? Mom, I learned about poop and anuses. Did you know an anus is a muscle and that you have an anus too? I'm quite certain they both learned something from that. Never thought I'd be so happy to catch my ex-wife cheating. Story by Redditmindum87 First off this story occurred many years ago. Let me give you a rundown of the laws around divorce where we lived at the time. Both parties need to agree to the divorce unless one party can prove the other party is at fault. This would mean something akin to cheating, there are also other reasons but cheating falls into this. Now my, I honestly shouldn't have married my ex-wife but I was young, dumb, and full of cum, she was pretty and I did what I did. So after our first year of marriage, I came to the conclusion I wanted to end our marriage, it wasn't working out for many reasons. However, my ex-wife did not want a divorce. Her life was better being married to me, than without me and I think she was trying to hold on to that. But there was no love. My ex-wife set a price, of $100,000 to agree to a divorce. This does happen here, where if one party wants a divorce and the other doesn't, the party that doesn't want the divorce comes up with a cash payment they want and you negotiate from there. Now I didn't have $100,000, I could get about $25,000, and I was willing to pay that, also we had no kids, we didn't own anything together slash etc. We spent a long time going back and forth over money and how much I'd pay her to divorce me.
She finally agreed, and I was thrilled. I was so happy. I decided I would go out and celebrate and that night the stars aligned. Now to give you an idea of utterly lucky I am about to get we lived in a city about the size of Chicago, many millions of people, lots of places to go. My friend took me to a new bar in a part of the city I had never been to before. We celebrated, we had a good time. I walk out of the bar around 2.30am and it was like fucking Christmas. There was my wife, with another man I had a hunch she was cheating on me, and I was so happy. She was heading for a taxi and I ran and got into a taxi behind her and told the cab driver to follow them. Much to my enjoyment, the taxi was clearly going to my house. She gets out, I pull out the camera and I get a few pictures of kissing this man. Once I get the photos I immediately email them to my work account to protect them and I get out of the car and I approach the two love birds. I introduce myself, I thank the kind gentleman and I make one request. If they want to have sex, don't have sex in my house, but that's all. I then hand her lover my business card, I thank him for all the money he's saved me and tell him if he ever wants to go grab a beer I'd be happy to buy him a few rounds. I then wish the two love birds all the best and go upstairs and head to bed. To say my ex-wife was livid was an understatement. However the next morning she pointed out something and I have no idea how strong her argument could be in a courtroom, but it did concern me. She said since we already agreed to divorce, it wasn't really cheating. And I would still have to pay her. Well, that afternoon I get a phone call, it was my ex-wife's boyfriend, he apologized for sleeping with my ex-wife I told him no worries. He then said he'd like to talk to me. We agree to meet up and we do. Turns out he had previously been cheated on, and apparently my ex-wife lied to him about his relationship status. She said we were waiting for our divorce to be finalized, which was not true, and that she didn't live with me anymore, which was not true. He also asked me if I had had sex with her in the last six months and I said I did. Turns out their relationship had begun about six months prior and they were sexually active with each other. And she told him she wasn't having sex with anyone especially me. Whoops. I asked him if he had any documentation of them dating and he goes yay, he ended up sending me all the pictures he took of them together some of which included him kissing her slash etc. He also sent me numerous screenshots of text messages between her and him, some of which included her clearly lying about her relationship status with me. I put all of this in a folder and backed it up to numerous places including a USB drive which I hide in my office at work in case she found a way to delete the data, which she never did. I then went to my ex-wife and I had a sit down with her. I went over the mountain of evidence I had against her. Option A, she agreed to a non-contested divorce. I will give her 30 days to move out, she gets nothing from me and I get nothing from her. Option B, I get a lawyer and I sue the living crap out of her, get a massive judgment against them, still get my divorce, and saddle her with a ton of debt for the rest of her life. She agreed to the non-contested divorce, which was on a Saturday that Monday we went to the courthouse filled for divorce, this started her 30 days. I shacked up with my buddy so I could be out of her way. We had a court hearing a few weeks later, judge made it clear we were doing a non-contested divorce, once he stamps the divorce decree we have to report this to city hall and our divorce will be finalized, us not having kids or property make it quick and easy. We both agreed, we both signed, judge stamped the documents I eagerly grabbed my divorce decree and rushed to city hall to report my divorce, and wham, bam, thank you ma'am I was a free man. I actually ended up becoming friends with the guy that was banging my wife and we still talk today. Although over the COVID-19 pandemic our relationship got distant but not because of a falling out or anything, just not talking to each other. TLDR wife didn't want a divorce, I wanted a divorce, she wanted money, she was going get money, then I caught her cheating on me, I got the divorce I wanted, she got nothing.
won't honor your warranty, then I'll tell the story on the biggest morning radio show in the state. Story by you slash unlucky grab 8908. This happened a number of years ago. We had a good friend pass in a bad motorcycle accident on his way home from work. His wife was watching our son a few days a week while my wife worked. My family, mom, and dad, opened their home to his family from out of town while they were all trying to take care of all the details involved with someone's sudden passing. Well, it was getting close to winter in a northern state, and his wife's car needed to have the snow tires put on. My father asked if I would get it taken care of so she didn't even need to think about it. Absolutely anything to help. I got hold of her keys headed to the house, found the tires set them out to start changing them. At this point, I noticed that one of the tires had a large balloon protruding from the side wall. I looked for and found the paperwork, always keeping that stuff with the car is very helpful. The tires were less than a year old. So I took the paperwork and the tire down to the shop where the purchase was made. Now it's important to know two things. One, this tire shop is very well known with numerous shops throughout the entire state. And two, the accident happened at the intersection where this shop is located. It was so bad that the shop was closed for the duration of the on-site investigation, a couple of hours because no one could get in or out of the shop parking area. So it literally happened in their front yard. It also made the local news two days in a row. It was a bad one. So I, my wife and sister, I forget why I stopped to get them, go in to have them simply replace the one tire as it was absolutely unsafe to use. I asked for the manager which had been the manager for many years, I know this caused my family and most of my friends and acquaintances use this shop so much so, that I asked for the manager by name. I explained why I was there, whom I was there for, showed the paperwork, and asked him to take care of it. I even mentioned that I will pay any fee. The tires were definitely under warranty and this was definitely a defective tire. His response made my blood instantly boil. He said, there is nothing I will do, yes he said will, you are not him and it's too bad he died but he is the only name on the paperwork and only he can claim the warranty. I glared at him, and asked through clenched teeth if he was serious, and if that really the kind of person he wanted to be, as this man died outside his shop less than a week ago. Again his response was, company policy, not my problem, you can buy one if you like. I was so angry and disgusted I could barely see straight. So I looked him square in the eyes, took the paperwork from the counter, and said okay, you will regret this as I have a very big mouth and will tell everyone I know. And that's exactly what I did. First I took the tire and paperwork and drove quite literally across town, 30 minutes, to a different shop. This shop is used by the company I worked for at the time for all their fleet needs, but mostly tires. I walked in and just happened to get the owner. Asked if he was aware of the accident. He said he was and how horrible it must be for his family. So I then explained what I was doing trying to just replace this defective tire. He did not sell this particular brand and I told him I was more than willing to purchase even two new tires, to keep things balanced, from him if he could help out. He said sure, but I'll have to ship them in from the other store it'll take just a day or two. Great see you then. Three days later, it was a Tuesday, and I get a call from the new shop that the tires were in. He said to bring the car and we'll take care of everything, must, balance, and install. Awesome I'll be there after work. Headed down there and he ordered four new tires, mounted, balanced installed them but they did everything at no charge. The owner's response was, I just want to help her. I don't want her to have to worry about something as stupid as a tire. And your payment is please tell your friends about us. I won't lie, that made me choked up a bit. This man had no clue who I was or who my friend was, but he chose to help a person in need by replacing a product that wasn't even his. It was awesome. The next thing I did was tell everyone, and I mean everyone. 
That next day, Wednesday, I called our local radio station's morning show. This show was very well known and broadcast over half of the state, and parts of three others bordering us. And I told the whole story. About the refusal of this well-established local shop and also the awesomeness of the new guy. At first, I simply told the hosts of the show off the air. The only reason I think they even listened as I had done some work for one of the guys the month before. But after they heard the story they told it on air. There was only one name used in their discussion, that of the new tire shop, and a unique description of the bad guy. It was amazing. If you heard or had seen the news you knew about the accident and where it happened and could then discern who the bad guy was. It was shortly after that a buddy whose company used a bad guy shop for their vehicles told me that the manager was no longer there and a friend of his who worked at a different location had heard that he was let go for fraudulence. Apparently, he would make up company policy as he saw fit. And because of the broadcast, there was some clarification of managerial power within that company. It turned out to be quite an embarrassing situation for that company as a whole. I never expected anything to really come of my self-imposed righteous indignation but it was glorious the way things played out. I told everyone I could go to the new guy for years. Right up until I moved out of that state. But as you can see I'm still telling everyone who is willing to listen or read as the case may be. I guess the moral of my story is, when you have a chance to do something good, something to help anyone in distress, whether we know them or not, take it, do what you can even if it is a small thing. At the very least you will feel good knowing you did a good thing. TLDR, car accident, man dies. Op and family help widows. Op takes widow's car to get snow tires put on for winter. Tire shop right next to where the accident happened refused to honor the warranty of a dead man. Op gets tires somewhere else, goes on live radio, and calls out the original shop. The manager gets fired. Thank you for tuning in to listen to these stories, and I hope to see you on the next one. Till then, have an amazing day.